Welcome to Doctor Who's 50 and 50, episode 18. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler, and today we're continuing our look at the companions with K9. K9 was primarily associated with Tom Baker as the Doctor, but he is also fairly well associated with Lila Romana and Sarah Jane Smith, Sarah Jane Smith in particular, which is odd since K9's first appearance was in Story 93 after Sarah Jane Smith had left the series. K9 appears intermittently between Stories 93 and 114, and then returns for the Five Doctors and he also appears in three different spin-offs. So during his regular run from 93 to 114, he faced off against Suntarans, the Black Guardian, Daleks, the Master, and a series of one-shot enemies. K9 is a robot dog who's named after the obvious pun. He's well-armed, loyal, and sometimes takes orders a little too literally, and he's able to self-repair with a very large and effective sensor array, and he's able to interface with a bunch of computers. He actually first appeared in 1977, which is right around the time that we saw R2-D2 introduced in Star Wars. I don't know the production scales to know which one would have been conceived first. It's not hard to look up which was aired first, but Doctor Who tended to film an entire season before it started airing any, so I don't know if this one early in the season was released before or after. They may release State of Star Wars, but there are some similarities in his abilities with R2-D2s. Now, one of the vulnerabilities of K9 is that he's not waterproof, which seemed to be how they kept him out of a few stories that would have been too easy to solve with K9 and his abilities on hand. K9 was originally created by Bob Baker and Dave Martin for Just Story 93, and in the British system, they still own the character. It's not work for hire like it is in most North American TV and movies. Most of North America, you create a character for a particular TV show. Well, that's now part of the TV show, and it's owned by the people who own the TV show, and not by the writer who wrote it. In the British system, it's the writers who typically retain the rights unless some unusual negotiation takes place. And that seems to be part of the reason for some of the oddities in the spin-offs. I suspect that's also the reason that we don't see Daleks in any of the episodes or stories of Doctor Who that are available on iTunes from the classic series. I suspect that would be a separate negotiation. But he was originally written as a companion to a 51st century human scientist intended to just be a one-shot character. But the show's producers were anticipating that he'd be fairly popular with younger audiences and decided to keep him around longer and made the negotiations for that. So the K-9, which was later called K-9 Mark I, left the series with Leela and stayed with her on Gallifrey. But come the following season, they introduced a second version of K-9 that was here with Romana. So it's entirely possible that they had filmed the departure of the first K-9 before they knew how popular he would be with the younger audiences and decided, well, we want to keep a K-9 around, but we don't want to contradict the last episode, so they just basically built a new one. The third version of K-9 actually only appears in the 1981 pilot for a spinoff that wasn't picked up called K-9 Company, in which case he's given to Sarah Jane Smith and they go off on their own adventures. And that's available as a bonus feature on the Invisible Enemy DVD, but I haven't seen it since I picked up that particular story through the iTunes store, which doesn't have nearly the same special features that the DVDs have, and the DVDs are very well set up with special features, but they're also a quarter of the price through iTunes. It works up to about a buck fifty per episode, so most stories are six bucks, at least in the Canadian store. Now, the Mark IV doesn't appear until after the relaunch in Sarah Jane Adventures. Again, because of licensing issues, initially it's voice only, and then he comes and goes with other characters during the course of the series, and... Since he was actually owned by Bob Baker and Dave Martin, they have the right to take him wherever they want to keep using the character in other media. So in 2009, they actually took him to Australia and made a canine spin-off series. That's another one I haven't tracked down to watch yet, but I've heard mixed reviews, partly because they own the rights to K9, 
but not to Doctor Who. So K-9 himself suffered a memory wipe. He remembers going on adventures. He remembers helping someone. He basically remembers everything he can talk about remembering without violating the copyright. So they were going out of their way to try and keep it consistent with the Doctor Who can and the Doctor Who history, but they're not explicitly referencing any of it just because, well, they don't own the things they would be referencing, which makes for perhaps a slightly awkward system, but it seems to be working for them. So K-9 has his amusing moments, but by and large, he would appeal mostly to the younger audiences rather than the older audiences. But he is probably one of the most memorable companions for the Doctor. And he certainly predates the robot dog on Battlestar Galactica. That part, there's no question about. That's about all we have to say about K-9. So please join us again tomorrow when we continue our look at the companions with Audric. Thank you for listening.